0: Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation from my flagship station, WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. Glad to have you with me. I hope the weather is beautiful where you are and not as humid as it is here. My gosh, I I had to be with Brian Kilmeade this morning at 630 on Fox and Friends, and it was already like 150,000% humidity. I went over Lake Lanier north of Atlanta, and uh, my windshield just, I had to turn on the windshield wipers. There was no rain. It was clear sky. It's just... Foggy moisture. It's just so humid. The phone number eight seven seven nine seven three 877 973 7425. There is breaking news I have to get to right here. Uh, the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates another 75 basis points, that is uh, three quarters of a percent. The Fed's tightening a monetary policy is intended to bring down inflation, which they see continuing to go up. This has been a two-day meeting of the uh, Federal Open Markets Committee. It raised its target for short-term interest rates uh, to 2.25%, uh, to uh, 2.5% from 2.25%, the highest since 2019. It's the fourth rate hike of the year. The officials at the Fed have signaled more rate increases are on the way. The policy committee saying uh, that it, quote, anticipates that ongoing increases in the target range will be appropriate. They elected not to raise rates by a full percentage point. Some thought they might, given the really high inflation numbers in June. As of mid-June, leaders of the central bank expected rates to rise another full percentage point to the mid-three range by the end of the year now this is from axios this is important the language in the statement about spending and production indicators softening is the most explicit acknowledgement the economy is slowing the rate increase campaign is intended to slow demand so in that sense softening spending reflects the policy the statement notes that job gains have been robust in recent months the unemployment rate has remained low the decision was unanimous including a vote from the newly installed Fed officials, Michael uh, Barr, confirmed by the Senate this month, and Vice and Susan Collins, uh, not the senator, uh, who starts work as president of the Boston Fed on July 1st. So there you have it. Um, We have interest rate hikes. As of right now, uh, the Dow and the NASDAQ and the S&P are responding favorably. The Dow is up 85 points, NASDAQ up 283 points, S&P 500 up 50 points, reacting favorably that uh, there is still robust engagement from the Federal Reserve to fight inflation and clamp down on inflation. You got Elizabeth Warren on TV insisting on CNBC that uh, the Fed is going to put the economy in the recession in a recession and that they need to stop this interest rate hikes, so that the economy will sort itself out, let Congress raise taxes. There are problems afoot for the Democrats on this. I, you know, how how do I want to, how do I, sorry, you know, I don't have a script here and, and I'm sleep deprived. Here's the problem for the Democrats. Trying to figure out in my head as I'm speaking, how do I want to arrange this? That's not the problem for the Democrats. This is the problem for the Democrats. They're saying right now, we're not in a recession. They have redefined what it means to be in a recession, and we are not in a recession, which means there will be a recession. They can't get out of a recession with the Fed raising rates the way they're doing it. The Federal Reserve is all but saying we have to go into a recession to stop inflation. We have to slow demand. They can't. There's no magic dial for the Federal Reserve to slow inflation down without a wind down of the economy that doesn't wind down so much we don't flip into a recession. They, they do their best, but right now their number one job at the Federal Reserve is to aggressively fight inflation. And they have all sorts of problems. I, I played you Jared Bernstein's comments about inflation. And you've got as well the, um, what, what's his name, um, Hushstein, who is the environmental advisor, Amos Hushstein, he's on with uh, John Berman on CNN this morning. He's talking about gas prices and the vast majority of Americans are actually paying less than the average of 4.30. Well, if if the average price is 4.30, then yes, half of Americans are paying less and half of Americans are paying more. John, I'll tell you, even though the average is $4.30, the vast majority of Americans are actually
1: seeing prices at the pump, gasoline prices, significantly lower than that
0: in the 389 to 399 so we're really bringing prices down except it's still higher than when donald trump was in office this is not good this is not good i was with brian kilmeade this morning for fox and friends in gainesville georgia there's a breakfast spot in Gainesville, Georgia. It's just famous. It's called the Longstreet Cafe. They are known for their biscuits, particularly their bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. I had one. I can attest. The biscuit, not as good as my wife's, but it was a really good bacon, egg, and cheese biscuit. Better than anything you'll get at a fast food place, including Chick-fil-A. Thing had so much bacon, I had to pick some of the bacon out of it to eat because it was just too that I couldn't get it in my mouth. There was so much bacon. It was fantastic. It's glorious. Brian Kilmeade interviewed Georgia voters. Listen to this. What's the number one issue as you discuss the things that uh, matter most to the people here?
1: The economy and inflation. So for you personally, you have to make a career decision, don't you?
2: Well, we retired last year and we've seen our 401k go down about 15 percent since uh,
1: Biden's been in office. So, And, and that makes so you rethink what? Whether we need to go back to work or not
0: and when you what's going to really hinge on that decision how much how much worse it gets yeah how much worse it gets oh it's going to get worse it's going to get worse the economy is going in the toilet to such an extent that the democrats are ready to toss joe biden here's david axelrod on cnn three quarters of democrats don't want the incumbent president to run again uh how worried should biden be right now about that
1: well i mean obviously this is a this is a very unhappy uh, bit of data for him and i'm sure it, you know it is concerning but we should point out that he's got two and a half years before uh the next election or, okay. or a little less than two and a half
0: years so you can over uh, you can get overly focused on one number but there are a series of uh, yeah serious problems for the other democrats Here's John King on CNN. John, I want to ask you about this CNN poll because it shows that 75 percent of Democratic voters actually want someone other than Joe Biden in 2024. Uh, Can he win with numbers like that?
1: Well, again, we're having this conversation uh, three months before the 2022 midterms. What happens in those midterms will say a lot more, Brianna, than any poll today about Joe Biden standing in the country and Joe Biden standing within his own Democratic Party. But what does that show you? Look, we have talked about this before. What have we all been through for going on three years now? A COVID pandemic that hits you in the head like a two by four. Every time you think it's about to fade, it hits you again. Uh, We're waiting for a Fed meeting today. They're going to raise interest rates again, uh, hopefully to help tame inflation. But what does that mean it increases the cost if you're trying to buy a house it increases the cost of your credit cards the american people whether you're a democrat a republican a cranky independent uh, you're exhausted you're frustrated if you're a democrat you were promised the moon after the democrats won those two georgia senate seats you were promised sweeping legislation on climate sweeping legislation on child care sweeping legislation on just about everything under the democratic umbrella you didn't get most of that, didn't you? So you're frustrated. That, that's, you're, you have your normal frustrations that all Americans have. Then you have your partisan frustrations because Democrats thought with all Democratic government they were going to get so much. Democrats clearly overpromised. So they are frustrated. And who do you take that out on? The guy in charge. That's called human nature. But we'll see where we are after
0: the midterm. <laughs> we'll see. This is not good for Joe Biden and the Democrats. They have headwinds. The Federal Reserve has raised interest rates by 75 basis points, three-quarters of a percent. Your mortgage price will go up. If you're buying a car, it's suddenly more expensive. All sorts of things become more expensive, and the economy slows down, and the Federal Reserve acknowledges that the economy will slow because of this. The economy will probably go into a recession, and the Democrats are telling you right now, we're not in a recession. We're not in a recession. To be fair to the Democrats, and I want to be intellectually honest and fair to the Democrats, it is true, we have all embraced the idea, and it is the definition in most countries, and for the longest time was what we used in this country, even if it wasn't formally ratified by any organization, it was accepted. Two quarters of negative growth is a recession. The reason the Biden administration says it does not apply is because that negative growth we've seen in the economy has been isolated in some sectors and comes at a time where wage growth is up, even if offset by inflation. Uh, Hiring in the country has been still good in a number of of sectors. So they said it didn't match what you see in a recession, where recession broadly based across the economy and we haven't seen it broadly based. Here's a problem, though. We're going to. To see it. And most Americans feel like we're in a recession already. They feel like we're in a recession and that perception matters because they perceive us to be in a recession that the Democrats say we're not in, but the Democrats are increasingly acknowledged we are going to go into a real recession. When will that recession come? Typically, a recession comes about a year after the Federal Reserve starts raising interest rates. Historically, that's when it happens. So if we're in one right now and they're raising interest rates and they started a couple of months ago, that means the actual big recession comes next year. What happens next year? We're gone with 2022 and we're looking forward to 2024. We're looking forward to 2024. That defines Biden's reelection. It defines the Democrats headed into 2024. You have a Senate where the majority of seats in play will be seats that are in Republican states that Democrats won. The Democrats will expand their losses in the Senate. They will not be able to take back the House. Republicans have a good shot at picking up governor's mansions in 2024. Why? Because Democrats are in charge of these places, and they're going to be blamed because Joe Biden will still be president for a recession. The Democrats say we're not in now, but we will be in next year. Vox Media did an explainer on why we're not really in a recession. Guess what? Vox Media is now going to do layoffs. I find it funny. The Vox kids are trying to do their game. They're a bunch of leftists. Oh, no, we're not really in a recession. Let's explain why we're not really in a recession. Well, Vox Media is laying off 39 people to, quote, uh, get ahead of economic uncertainty. I know more and more people in the tech sector who have been told, stop, focusing on growth now, start making money or else. The tech sector was hit first. It's going to cascade from there. Now, here's the thing you need to know about a recession. Typically, it takes perception for people over a long period of time to get their minds out of it. You recover, and it takes you a while. And the reason it takes you a while is because Americans are deeply empathetic people. And when your lot in life improves when the recession is over, but your next-door neighbor or members of your family, they haven't caught up yet, You still say we're in a recession. The reason you say we're in a recession right now is you know so many people who are struggling in business. You know so many people who are starting to deal with rising costs, and you feel like we're in the recession right now, which means we are in the recession because you're behaving like we're in the recession, and the Atlanta Fed says we've had two quarters of negative growth. Let's not redefine it. We're in a recession, which means we'll have a second recession. A second recession within one presidential term is a terrible thing for the party that controls the white house doom is coming for the democrats and they've fallen back on the one thing they think can save them screaming that republicans are extremists i'm sorry but when you've broken the economy and you get the blame for it calling the other side extremists will not save you them's just the rules of politics folks i don't write them i just tell you what they are that's the rule in politics This hour of the program is brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. Delighted to have you with me. First Liberty would be delighted to have you with them. If you are in charge of the finances for a business and you want that business to grow and you need big loans for the business, $750,000 or more, reach out to First Liberty. FirstLibertyGA.com is their website. FirstLibertyGA.com. Spend a few minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them. Uh, They may be able to help you get to yes, where banks are telling you no all right i want to go to the phones i want to go next to terry welcome to the program terry how are you i'm doing good how are you doing eric great um quick question uh my question was
2: i saw a report where it said that uh it was a person that worked at an oil refinery saying that the reason the gas prices are going down is because they're putting less octane into the fuel well, that would cause the gas prices to go down. That would also cause maintenance problems for your cars and, uh, and long-term problems probably for your engine. Uh, I wanted to know if maybe you heard anything about that or
0: uh, if you, you know, know anything it, about that. I, so I knew you wanted to ask about this question, and, and I, I have I have literally all through the commercial break searched and searched and searched and searched. I can't find anything on that. In fact, what I find is given fuel certifications for Octane, uh, they have to meet certain standards. So they would have to lower the rating on the pump, uh, which they haven't done. So I don't think that's true. My guess is that it's it's being conflated with the story that the Biden administration was ramping up ethanol production to put into fuel. Now, ethanol can make up 10 percent. Uh, and in some cases, there's been an ethanol shortage. And the Biden administration essentially ordered the speeding up of ethanol production to uh, compensate. So you're not getting more than 10 percent. It's just uh, when you look at the pump and it says may contain up to 10 percent of ethanol. A lot of these uh, gas stations have less than 10 percent in right now. Uh, because of an ethanol shortage, and so the Biden administration is increasing ethanol production to get it back up to 10%, which to some degree would affect the overall gas price, although there's a caveat here. Because corn prices have gone up so much nationwide, uh, it's increasing ethanol production increases corn crops grown for ethanol, which increases the... Um, overall a uh, cost of corn for everything from grain for for beef cattle and and the like it, you have this this cascading effect so they're not lowering the octane level as best i can tell what they are is they're trying to increase the ready availability of ethanol to get back into gas stations because again if you look on pumps at gas stations it says may contain up to 10% I think in some cases, in some places, I think it goes to 15, but those pumps are specifically marked, um, but up to 10%. And a lot of gas stations right now are running with less than 10% in, and they want to get it back to 10% to uh, make the availability of gas supply. I think that's the stories are getting conflated in that way. That's my guess. But they're definitely doing that. The problem, again, is that it causes all sorts of other economic ramifications when you do that because uh, what's happening is – You are raising the costs of corn and grain and impacting uh, cattle, beef costs and the like. There's just there's not a good way around the Democrats screwing up the economy when it comes to this stuff. Now, uh, I want to play you a real quick clip. This is uh, Representative Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, in the House of Representatives. As members of the House
1: Democratic Caucus on the official side, and we're going to continue to point out the distinctions between what we're about, putting people over politics and what they're about and their extremism.
0: They're out of control. That's just the reality of the situation. They are. Hakeem Jeffrey, they're extremists. This is becoming the democratic talking point. CNN has a big story on this. I played you the Liz Smith interview earlier uh, that Republicans are extremists, extremists. I think that we are not going to see this work. And the Democrats are going to freak out about it. And the worst part is the Democratic base is going to believe it is true. And they're going to be mad at the Democrats for not fighting even harder come November when the Democrats get wiped out. I want to discuss the implications of this and the ramifications when we come back right here on the Eric Erickson Show. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you want to be on the show, 877-973-7425. I want to go back to the phones. Hoot. All right, is it actually hoot?
2: Well, actually, my first name is Al.
0: All right, so so all right, but uh, no, 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 we got we got to we got to deal with this before we get to the real issue. Where does hoot come from?
2: Well, they call me, my first name is Al, so they call me Hoot Al.
0: <laughs> That's fantastic. But now, do you yeah. actually like it?
2: Oh yeah, I, I've been hoot for good gods. 40-some years, I guess.
0: Well, hey, I I mean, uh, if that long, you got to go with it.
2: Yeah, when I first moved to Atlanta back in 75, I worked in an Italian restaurant. One of the guys I worked with, he pronounced my name Owl, and thus I got the nickname Hoot Owl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. All right, Hoot, let's get to this. You know stuff about the oil industry.
2: Yeah, we're, we're a common carrier in the state of Georgia here, and we deliver fuel to a lot of, a lot of stations around. And there's, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions, you know. There, there is an ethanol shortage, I will tell you that, because... And I, I think some of it has to do with transportation, too, because, well, you know, we get X amount of loads of ethanol per week to deliver to the different terminals so that they can add the ethanol to the gasoline for that 10, 10% blend is what they call it. Now, they can't go below a certain uh, percentage of blend because then it's called a broken blend, And you can't sell it. And they can't go above 10.1 because then it's an overblend. And then you have to add gasoline to make it better and all that crazy stuff. And it's hard to figure out. But for the most part, there's two grades of gasoline, an 84 and and a 90 octane that come to the pipelines. Once they hit the terminals and they add the ethanol to it, it boosts the 84 up to 87 and the 90 up to 93. So you really don't, get a lot of what you might call uh, small blends where you're not getting the full 10% because by law they have to give you so much to make that octane at the pump what you are required to make it at the pump, at least 10%.
0: Wow, man. I I wish you were like, have you on call to answer these questions for people. (laughs) That's great. That's highly informative. Okay, so I will so, tell you another, go ahead. another
2: misconception. Another misconception is everybody said, well, how come those retailers don't lower the price of gas? With, you know, the, the cost of crude is $94.38 a barrel today. The reason they don't lower the price right away is because they don't know how much they're going to pay for it until they get it. It's, oh. the, only, it's the only product that they buy Cigarettes, uh, coffee, candy, potato chips, beer is the only product that they buy that they don't know how much it's going to cost till they get the bill.
0: Good grief. that That's insane. All right, so I'm going to ask you a question because I've been curious about because I've heard this over the years, that essentially all of the gas stations, wherever you are, They're all selling you the same gas, even as they brand themselves by different gas companies. Is that true?
2: Well, there's only two pipelines, the Colonial Plantation, that come into the state of Georgia. Once they hit the terminals, when they put the additive into it, then it becomes that brand of gas.
0: So it's the, the additives are the proprietary ones. So if you go to a a, a Shell or a Circle K or a Marathon or a Conoco Phillips, it, it's the additives that are really what are setting themselves apart? That's
2: what brands the gasoline that they run the flag under.
0: Yep. Fascinating. Ha, I had always heard that, yep. and I wasn't sure because, you know, my dad worked for Conoco, uh, now Conoco Phillips, yep. and, uh-huh. yeah, I— I just, I, I didn't realize that at the gas pump. That's what it was. Clark Howard, my buddy Clark, has, has told me that for years. that I should never doubt Clark. But now you in the industry <laughs> confirm that Clark is, as always, Clark was right. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, That's uh, fascinating. It's a, it's a crazy industry. It really is. It's crazy, you know. It's, uh, you know, I've been in it for 30 years, and uh, I hate it,
0: and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Hoot, I am delighted that you called. Thank you so much for calling in. You're welcome, friend. Thank you very much. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. You too. Hoot that, out. That's fantastic. Gosh, my listeners are the smartest people on the planet. So I had, okay, so we're going to deviate because I, w- I want to talk about you guys for a minute. And we'll talk about myself a little bit. My favorite topic. <laughs> um, so I had over last night. Um, the principal from my kid's school and, uh, the dean of students for the school that were super guys, uh, and they, clearly there was something going on. They weren't very talkative. Um, I had, had a couple of phone calls I had to deal with, and they were talking back and forth. And when I was done, they'd immediately changed the subject. It's like, something's going on. Something's going on. And it turns out that the principal was getting promoted to headmaster and the, um, the, the dean of students promoted to deputy headmaster and they're the, just two of the most delightful human beings on the planet and I couldn't ask for better leadership at my kid's school um, but I just I, I learned so much from them and, and they they asked me if if I would uh, Charlie close your ears you don't want to listen to this part that they, they want to do some seminars for like a week in school like take the seventh hour and bring in parents who are are engineers, parents who are doctors. Do you have something that you're fascinated by, that you love, that you have deep knowledge of, and would you spend a few days teaching it to the kids? It's kind of a a seminar program. And they asked me, would you come in and just could you take a week off work sometime later this year, and spend a week with our high school and teach them the Constitution, which is one of my favorite topics. I love the Constitution. I love Greek and Roman history, and I love the Constitution. I was like yeah I would I would in a heartbeat we'll figure out how to make it work logistically and I will come in and I will do the Constitution um, but I just I I'm I'm happy to convey my useless knowledge to the kids and I learn so much from you guys and some of it useless and a lot of it very useful like who's just phone call. Uh, In the industry, knows it deeply. We've got a a number of people who are in the finance industry, in investment, and you call in and you just fill me with your wisdom. Now, I want to share something on a personal note with you guys. We'll get into the extreme. We we can save that topic. But this is is fascinating to me, and I, I want you guys to hear it. As many of you know, my kid is at a summer camp at a very prestigious global institution this week an engineering school. And we have sent our children for the last number of years to a classical Christian school, and it is not a rich school. My kids used to go to a school that was pretty well off, so much so that the parents never had to chaperone field trips. They would rent a bus, and the kids would all go on the bus together and now if the kids go on a field trip unless it's a long distance trip which the parents have to cough up extra money for the parents drive so if my kids want to go into atlanta for a field trip the parents drive. and uh when i was doing an evening radio show and not doing mornings or middays, i was always one of the chaperones but my daughter who has excelled academically at math she's pretty smart she's a brilliant artist my, listen, y- y'all. Every parent says their kids are geniuses or whatnot. My kid in ninth grade was put into a twelfth grade art and has won statewide awards for her art uh, as a ninth grader, beating twelfth graders. She's now going into eleventh grade, uh, and she's like beyond the the upper echelons of of the high school art program. They they bring her in special. Help. She's a brilliant artist, but she wants to be. She's decided she wants to be an engineer after a trip to NASA, but along the way at a classical Christian school that's very small and doesn't have a lot of resources. They don't have the latest, greatest computers and, and they don't have a major STEM classes in engineering and engineering and, robotics and stuff like that. And she's really felt deprived. And she is, is way more type a academically focused than my son, who is himself a great student. Really. I started off last year with not a great grade in math and, and just dug his heels in and busted his butt and, did brilliant for his school year. I'm I'm blessed with two diligent kids. But my daughter is at this engineering program this week, and she is with kids from all over the country who have had STEM classes. They've had engineering classes. They've had robotics classes. They've had computer programming classes. They've had the Common Core math program classes, far exceeding anything offered at her little Christian podunk classical education school. And guess what? She got so apprehensive about going to this program. She got cold feet and almost didn't want to go, almost talked herself out of going, but she went. And she has discovered that she is on top of everything in the way these kids are not, that none of the kids in the program have had a logic or a debate or speech class. And all of the Professors in the program have been pointing out to the kids that you need to have logic classes, a logic class can help you learn computer programming even though you're not computer programming. A logic class teaches you the logical steps and computer programming is very logical and you need it. She's been doing traditional math while the other kids have been doing a common core math and she is more proficient in doing the algebraic equations they've done in the engineering program this, this week because she's done traditional math, not the common core math. She hasn't had a ha- laid hands on a 3D printer before like some of the other kids have, but she was able to pick it up a lot quicker than these kids were able to pick up other skill sets because she's had the critical thinking classes and the speech classes and the writing classes. And so now she found, for example, that they did a debate the other day and the professor made my kid, even though she was on one side of the debate, she had to be the moderator of the debate because none of the other kids did knew the skills to do a formal debate. She said none of the kids, a small number of them, we're making logical, reasoned, point-by-point arguments, and the other kids were just being very emotional in their arguments. And, and the professor pointed out after it was over that you know if, if you're going to learn how to make arguments, they need to not be emotional, they need to be based logically, and they need to flow together and and have some rhyme or reason to them. And they had a guy from the Navy who built ships for the Navy come in and explain to them that they need logic classes. They need classes on on speech and debate. They need to be able to stand in front of a room and make a presentation. And so now she's at this camp for a week with all these kids at schools far more prestigious, lavish, and rich than her. She's got kids from all over the country and beyond in this program. And they've got my kid from the little, little bitty school without a big budget in the middle of Georgia uh, introducing all the speakers and, and moderating the debates because none of the other kids have learned this sort of stuff in school and it's just restored her confidence and it makes me as a dad feel so proud for her but also it's just a reminder of the basics of education the basics of education. You, you, you're throwing your kids into these schools that have these massive programs, engineering programs, and, and they learn how to build a robot in high school and they learn how to use a 3D printer, but they're not learning how to speak to adults. They're not how learning how to relate complex information simply enough to explain to people who can't get the complex. They're not learning how to make a persuasive case for something. They're not learning logic and reason. They're not learning all these skills that you and I probably learned as kids. We learned Real math. That's one of the the crazy things for me. She was talking to me last night that, um, the, the math skills that these kids are learning. Um, Is it's, It's fascinating that she not doing Common Core is more easily able to adapt and grasp the algebraic equations they're doing when so many of these kids are doing Common Core because that's what the schools are doing because the schools tell them it's going to be better for them in the future if they do it this way. And what she's seeing real world this week is that it's not. But then there's the other thing she's seeing, how the wokes really are. That we've warned her when she left her sheltered, cloistered Christian classical education school that she would have to deal with the pronoun nonsense and the wokes and stuff. And I don't know that she really believed us. And now she's encountering it firsthand. And it's remarkable um, the stuff she's seen, but also that she's, she's not caving to it. Um, in fact, our our school. Uh, I was talking to the principal, now headmaster, last night. We're bringing in my buddy Eric Reed, who does a program in classical education schools on how to withstand the cultural rot of society when your kids get out into the world, and that's a that's a good thing. Uh, by the way, there's breaking news. I've got to get to right now uh, before I can go to anything else. This is actually big breaking news. The Biden administration, through the Secretary of State, has just offered to turn convicted Russian arms dealers over to the Russian government in exchange for Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan. Uh, Brittany Griner and Paul Whelan have been stuck in Russian prisons for some time. And now the Biden administration is making this deal. They've put together a number of Russian arms dealers inside American prisons that the Russians would like back. They're essentially offering a prisoner trade with the Russians in order to get these two Americans back. Uh, the secretary of state uh, Anthony Blinken has said the United States has made this substantial offer for the release of, of Paul Whelan and Brittany Griner, with Russian uh, Russians in prison in the United States that Vladimir Putin has requested back, uh, and they hope to have this situation resolved. That's breaking news happening right now, uh, just before 3 o'clock today, Wednesday, July 27th, for your timestamp on this news. Uh, Paul Whelan, Brittany Griner, an offer from the White House to Vladimir Putin is to hand them over to U.S. authorities in Russia, and the United States will hand over to Russian authorities in the United States, convicted Russian arms dealers. Now, while we've been dealing with all the other economic news out there as well, I got to remind you about GoldCo. If you're out there and you want to take charge yourself of your investments and you're worried about the ebbs and flows of the economy and your stock market portfolio, please, you can reach out to GoldCo and learn how to use precious metals. Uh, These aren't EFTs. They're not, not little stocks for gold companies. They're actually real physical gold and silver reach out to Gold Co. 855-904-5933. They're going to send you a free wealth protection kit to learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for the offer. They've helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement. They might be able to help you see if they're a good fit for you. Call them 855-904-5933, or you can text ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, text ERIC to 33777. I will send you back, text you their toll-free number. So if you're driving or something easy to remember, just text ERIC to 33777. I'll get you their phone number. Here's the problem the Democrats have, and I'll probably spend more time on this later, but... They have abandoned, the Democrats have, persuading Americans to vote for them. They have abandoned persuading Americans to vote for their policies. They have abandoned persuading Americans that they are the party that can competently economically be stewards of this economy. Instead, what they've decided to do is label the Republicans extremists. Uh, Say the Republicans are extreme on guns, on abortion, uh, on every sort of issue. And undoubtedly, members of the press will echo the sentiment. Undoubtedly, members of the press will play up more of the January 6th. stuff as essentially marching orders for the Democrats. And the problem that the Democrats will have on this, if we're deadly honest about it, is that the party that believes men can be in your daughter's bathroom and on her sports team and you're a bigot for objecting, is not a party that can call the Republicans extremist. The party whose base has run around this country, burning down small businesses when they didn't get their way, is not a party that can call the Republican party extremist. The party that believes until a mother leaves the hospital with her child, she has the right to kill that child in the name of abortion rights, is not a party that can call the Republicans an extremist party. The party that believes the way for us to move forward is to bail out high income college students by forgiving them their student loans and foist the cost of that onto the non-college educated working class struggling in Joe Biden's economy is not a party that can call the Republicans extremists. The party that has capitulated to the left on a host of issues as the nation rejects the progressives is not a party that can call the Republicans extremists. And by and large, all of the polling in America shown the American public does not tie the Republican Party to Donald Trump, which is where the Democrats try to get their extremist label from. And in fact, the Democrats around the country, to the tune of numerous millions of dollars, have been funding and propping up the very Republican candidates these Democrats say are extremists, which suggests they don't really think they're extremists. They think it's political opportunism. If this is the best they have, they do not have a winning strategy for 2022.